This is John Floridas. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. Today, we welcome back Sean Colvin. This is John Floridas. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. Very pleased to welcome back to the program by phone 
from Austin, Texas, I believe, today, Sean Colvin. How you doing? Hey there. I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm in Austin. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a real treat to get a chance to speak with you again. I'll tell listeners that Sean has been on the program before. We're thinking at least three times, I think, that I interviewed you. I think maybe once going way back when Michael Marsalek, who's the now the station manager at Montana Public Radio, uh, he's the one who actually started this program. And I think he did an interview Oh, maybe in the mid-90s or so, uh, maybe up in Whitefish, Montana. So great to have you back on the program. Her website is seancolvin.com. Sean is a multiple Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter, and her most recent recording released on all formats is Steady On, the 30th anniversary, kind of a revisitation of her debut album from 1989. And as well in the last year, Sean has released two full-length digital-only recordings on Bandcamp, a live stream series entitled Live from These Four Walls, one a solo acoustic version of her second album, Fat City, and also My Favorite Movie Songs, which is, just as it sounds, her favorite songs from movies. And before we get into any of the immersion into songwriting and musician geekery, I want to go back to your website and uh, the photo on your website, those boots... <laughs> those are those are extraordinary do you, do you perform in those I, that you can't help but notice those when you go to the website that's fantastic yeah i perform in those boots people people don't understand that platform boots are really not as tall as they look because they're on a platform so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fantastic well i remember from our previous conversation that uh uh, shopping online in particular was uh, like a, a, an intervention had to be had because you were, you felt like you were, you were starting to get a little too immersed in the shopping experience. Yeah. I, I really love clothing and, and uh, yeah, it's, and, and, and shopping online makes it a lot easier to, uh, to purchase things. So um, yeah, I had to rein it in, but I did. <laughs> well, thankfully, thankfully, you didn't rein it in before you got those boots because they're just tremendous. Thank you. Let's dive into live from these four walls, the live streaming series, and this is a really interesting group of tunes to put together. And I'm I'm thinking back to a conversation we had. I think uh, one of the ones that we had in Bozeman a number of years ago, and we were talking about the influence of other things on your writing, other other art forms. And you had mentioned your song Venetian Blue was inspired by Brokeback Mountain. And so we kind of touched on this this uh, intersection of, of film and music. Just talk a little bit about how this came together. I decided to do a series of live streams. I did, well, I actually have done four, um, you know, uh, that were videoed. You could, you could watch them and, and hear them. And uh, then I released two of those live streams, just audio only on Bandcamp. Um, and they, the idea was for all four of them to be themed um, so that it wasn't just I'm doing three or four concerts, you know. Um, and so the first one was my doing my second record, Fat City, acoustically. And then the second one was the uh, movie song live stream and i just took i just chose uh i've always wanted to do this actually um to to perform some songs from some great songs from from great movies and this seemed like a great opportunity to do it so i just pick songs i love um and and a couple uh not that i didn't love them uh that i had actually recorded and were put into 
to films. One of them was Viva Las Vegas. I did a rendition that's on the uh, closing credits of the, the Big Lebowski. And I forgot about that. Yeah, and then there was another one called Never Saw Blue that was in uh, Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. And the rest were just covers that I decided to do of my favorite movie songs. Sean, I've always enjoyed your choice of songs to cover in that, as I said, there's there's some that one might expect and others that, that one might not. Um, so I wanted to kind of take a look at maybe two of those tunes specifically and ask you just a little bit about those songs in particular. And I'll start with the one that might be a quote unquote logical choice. Uh, one that might be expected. And that was April comes. She will it's a beautiful song that I've always, I've always loved. Yeah. April comes. She will uh, is from the graduate 
all the songs in the graduate were uh, were Simon and Garfunkel, and I just wanted to pick one of those. Um, Mrs. Robinson, I suppose, would have been the obvious choice, but uh, I've always loved April Come She Will, and that uh, song is played its in its entirety in this montage uh, in the film of Benjamin, uh, both at home. Uh, at his parents' house and in a hotel room with Mrs. Robinson. And it doesn't seem to make sense that April Come She Will would be the soundtrack to that montage, but it is, and it works, and it's a great song. Do you remember when that tune came out separate from the film? If I'm not mistaken, that it was on the... Well, it was on a it was on a record, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. It was on, um, I think it was on the Sounds of Silence record. I'm not sure. Sean Colvin joining us here on Musicians Spotlight, and we're speaking to her while she is at her home in Austin, Texas. And we're talking a little bit about the recording that she made from home, live from these four walls and live stream series. And I'd forgotten that you also did one for Fat City, so I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. But the the one we're talking about here, live from these four walls and the selection of tunes that you covered from from films... We Don't Need Another Hero. This was one that really uh, caught me by surprise. Talk about that a little bit. Well, two things. I, I you know, I tend towards ballads. And uh, and I'm a great fan of, of, you know, 80s and 90s pop music and of Tina Turner. And I, I loved We Don't Need Another Hero. I thought it was a great song. And uh, so it, it just seemed like a, a good way to mix it up and a fun song to do. Um, not just fun. I think it's a really great song and uh, something you wouldn't expect me to cover. Plus, I thought it was rather topical, honestly. Yeah. 
something better up there Love and compassion Castles built in the Sean, in speaking more generally about this time, this last, what now, nine months, where everything has obviously changed for musicians, particularly touring musicians like yourself, venues are shut down, touring's shut down, everything that we have come to know as musicians has kind of come to a standstill. Just talk about in general, maybe how you've adapted to that change, because you've toured quite a bit and have for, for decades now. And how you came to terms with that and and, uh, just from a musician standpoint and just from a personal standpoint? Well, it was odd at first. Um, And I think for a lot of us that became, you know, more or less unemployed, uh, it was it was very odd. I didn't know what to do with myself. I kind of couldn't find my footing. Um, I had a lot of mood swings. You know, you're just uh, kind of vacillate between being in denial and uh, waiting for it to just kind of go away, um, being frightened, uh, and, you know, kind of mood swings, kind of stages of grief was the way I looked at it, you know, Um, being irritable, uh, and then sometimes actually um, accepting what was going on and making the best of it. So the way I've done that is, uh, you know, making the best of it for myself has been kind of getting in a very solid uh, routine of, of exercise and eating well and which are things that are difficult to do on the road. Um, and, you know, what better time to be creative 
because I also have a, I struggle with trying to write songs on the road. Um, it's as the years go by, it's, it becomes more taxing to do that work. Uh, the, the road work, I mean. And so I've used this time to get busy with, with songwriting. You're listening to Musicians Spotlight, and we're joined today by Sean Colvin. Sean, I want to touch on something uh, that you mentioned here just a second ago, talking about some of the emotional stuff that you were going through, as I think a lot of people were, musicians, pretty much the whole population, the mood swings, the, you know, where's this all going feelings. Where I'm going to go with that is you're talking a little bit about your, your memoir, because the last time that we had a conversation, it was right after that had been released, uh, Diamond in the Rough. You know, a lot of the content in that, uh, you were incredibly brave about talking about stuff that you'd gone through since childhood in terms of um, stuff that you'd struggled with. And then I also found on your website a link to this podcast. The episode that you did was What My Father Gave Me. Mm. And uh, again, showed this this bravery that, that you have in sharing. And I guess what I wanted to ask was, you know, where do you think that that bravery comes from to be able to share on that level? And was there a point where you decided, I'm in on this. This is how I'm going to share myself. I'm going to share myself on this level. The way I see it, I've always kind of been a truth teller. And I think perhaps that's just could be part of my ingrained personality. Um, I was raised in, you know, I was born in the in 1956 and was raised in a very small town in South Dakota and my parents were very young and appearances were paramount and um, you know and my parents were fairly inexperienced small-town people and I sensed from the beginning that there was a, a lot of phoniness you know that's how it appeared to me um, I felt things deeply. I I think children see things more clearly and truthfully. Their perceptions are simpler and, um, you know, in some ways wiser uh, than, than perhaps their older counterparts, you know, their adult counterparts. Um, so uh, that's something I recall and it, feeling like let's cut the bull you know, um, and I've, since then, um, you know, it's a combination of things. My favorite, you know, my heroes are, are, you know, some of them hate this term, but confessional, you know, singer songwriters that, uh, talk about the personal and, and feelings and reveal, uh, things about their relationships and their situations and themselves. And that really resonated with me. Um, and it's what I ended up, you know, doing. Uh, it's what I always wanted to do. It took me a long time to get to where I could write those kinds of songs. But um, that's when I knew I had kind of hit on my voice was when I figured that out. And as far as, um, you know, writing the memoir and, and doing that podcast, what I learned through some of my trials and tribulations was that the most healing that I got was when I heard from other people that had undergone or were undergoing some of the struggles I 
had or was going through. Uh, not to hear an expert's advice or an expert's uh, knowledge necessarily about that malady. Um, it was straight from the horse's mouth, you know, as it were. And that's when I didn't feel alone. And that's when I felt hope. So my overview has kind of always been, perhaps this is, you know, it, it, certainly it's cathartic for me, but it, it perhaps it's helpful. And to someone. Um, and I just think, uh, the truth will set you free, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that that is a huge part of your connection with the folks who follow your work is the very thing that you're talking about that you got from other musicians. It's that sort of level of sharing that they are relating to. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm certainly not the first to do it. So, mm -hmm. um, there's just, there is that brand of artistry, you know, although I think, um, you know, all artistry is really uh, the expression of the artist in some kind of uh, measure of, of soul bearing, you know, if mm -hmm. you will, it, it can be abstract more or less, more, more abstract or less abstract or however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. But that is the role of art to some extent, in my opinion. Oh, my soul, sometimes we don't know what to do. We work so hard to be tough on our own, but now it's me and you. So give it up, sad bones, because we all fall on hard times. But you don't have to stand up all alone. Just put your hand in mine and Climb on a back that's strong Hey, yeah, you can get what you want Climb on a back that's strong And if you could save me a place in heaven the clean, well-lighted room I'll muscle up to Armageddon And I'll wave to you, darling I'll be home soon If you could show me the story of love I would write it again and again Then you could be the woman you need If you just let me be
We'll be back with more Musicians Spotlight and our conversation with Sean Colvin. Welcome back to Musicians Spotlight and our conversation with Sean Colvin. Everybody's talking at me.
Sean Colvin joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. Sean, I want to follow up just a little bit on what we were just talking about in terms of the level of sharing and uh, through your music and through your stories, through your memoir and so forth. And I guess the follow up to that is, is how do you take care of yourself in that? And to a degree where, I don't know, it seems like um, there might be the danger of it becoming too exposed and and keeping yourself in a, a healthy place while still doing this as an artist and and just as a person i think you know being uh open is is taking care of myself i I, mm, I don't really okay. have um i i can't recall feeling like uh-oh i've said too much you know um rem song um, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, where I've had the biggest challenge I've had in taking care of myself, you know, learning how to take care of myself has been in being um, a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's challenging because for me, it, and I think it, it is for um, a lot of people, because, you know, being a parent is sort of synonymous with being selfless to a certain extent and one has to learn to keep something but uh that's you know that's the avenue where i've felt like i needed to learn to uh you know keep my put my oxygen mask on first Mm, basically mm -hmm. sean i opened up our facebook page to questions from uh, folks who followed the program for some ideas ironically one of them kind of relates to fat city Alex in Missoula here wanted me to make sure to tell the story that when he was, uh, well, when Fat City came out and there was a, apparently a poster, he said that the place where he lived with some other guys, you know, where they had all the, the, the pinups and stuff, he had his Sean Colvin poster up there. That was his poster. And it was the Fat City poster. Uh, and he also extended uh, an invitation if you ever get to Missoula to come to his family's pizza night. So I wonder <laughs> so you have a well, standing invitation from Alex and his family. Hello, uh, Alex. But, Thank you for all of that. And related to that also, Christy, who is a listener from the Bay Area near San Francisco and also a fellow songwriter and musician, she brings up the song Polaroids, which I know is obviously one of your most popular songs. And she says, Polaroids is one of the great songs, I would argue her best. I'd love to know her process for writing the music and lyrics and how quickly it came. All right, Christy. Um, Polaroids. You knew this kind of question was going to no, come. No, it's good. It's good. I like talking about the process uh, of, of doing what we do because it's, you know, how does somebody make something out of nothing? And you, you go to your heroes and your, you know, your most favorite songs and how did they do that you know um and it uh it started polaroid started literally there the first line is please no more therapy mother take care of me and i was on i lived in new york city i was on the first avenue bus up to 34th street to go to therapy and i was just you know i was like really you know (laughs) is this what i have to do uh can't it just be uh you know can't we just all be okay with you know the archetypal mother love and um so it was a weariness of sorts but the sort of the rhythmic 
nature of the song kind of lopes along just lent itself to lyrics that, that were not that hard to write. And I didn't think about it very much when I was writing Polaroids. Um, situations kind of are weaving in and out there, uh, places, people, um, milestones, feelings. And the only problem was I didn't, I had probably more than enough lyrics, but I didn't know how to end it. And it kind of, you know, meandered. I call it uh, like a, uh, you know, a postcard tour uh, in a way of, of, of my life. And I didn't know how to end it. And I end the song with a dream and it's a dream I actually had. And I knew when I woke up from this dream, and if you listen to the song, you can hear what it was, uh, that that was the ending to the song. So that was one of those blessed moments where uh, you know, the universe drops a little gift into your lap for, uh, for, the, for a song. Please no more therapy, mother take care of me and piece me together with the needle and thread. Wrap me in eiderdown, lace from your wedding gown. Fold me and lay me down on your bed. Or liken me to a shoe, blacken and spit your through. Kicking back home to you, smiling back home, just singing back. Between him and me 
vows that we never keep From bedrooms to business speak They make me remember how cheap words can be And the letters that I wrote you of They were those of the desperate stuff Like begging for love and a suicide threat Too tired for life on the ledge But I had a dream last night Of lovers who walk the plank Out on the edge of time amidst ridicule They laughed as they rocked and reeled Over the mining fields Coming to rest on this ship of fools just took Polaroids of her smile in the light of the dawn of the menacing sky. And before they went overboard, she turned and held up a card, and it said, Sean, I wanted to ask you this, you know, looking back at your bio and, and being familiar with your career for you know, the last 30 years now, and I look at all the different highlights and all the different things that you've done beyond even your own recordings, your own touring, the collaborations with all these other musicians, being able to write a, a, a memoir. I remember at one point you were talking about wanting to move more towards intimate sort of sharing experiences with like performing arts series. And I think you came to Montana once and went to Hamilton, the Bitterroot, which is south of Missoula a little bit, at a performing arts series there. So many different highlights. Singing with Mary Chapin Carpenter, I think it was Chelsea Morning. You sang it right in front of Joni Mitchell, which had to be incredibly intimidating, even for someone like the two of you. But all these great... We actually did, uh, I think that was this tribute, Annie tribute concert we did amelia and uh big yellow taxi oh was yeah, it big was... i was thinking it was uh, chelsea morning no oh, okay but that was very intimidating yes <laughs> but an incredible <laughs> incredible honor to be able to to do that very much so very much so, so my question out of all that is how do you measure success at this point in your career you know there's a bob dylan quote what's your favorite song that you ever wrote which is a terrible question to be asked uh and he said my next one mm. which i thought was a brilliant answer uh so it there's really no it's 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 the hardest job i have to to write songs but there's really no better feeling than finishing one and feeling you know great about it uh and so professionally i'd say it's it's always right in front of me, you know, it's not really what's, what's behind me. Um, 
because that's what I'm proudest of is the songs that I've written and hopefully the ones still to be written. And personally, uh, I think once you've had a child, you define your success in terms of your relationship with them, how they're doing, uh, and, and you know, basically, basically that, you know, um, how have you performed, you know, as, as a, as being in, you know, a person being in service to another and being responsible for them, at least up until a certain point. Sean Colvin joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. Sean, I wanted to ask you, because I know that you, you like to go into deep tracks for the albums. Uh, and I wondered if you had a dark horse deep track of your own that you like to inhabit. You know, maybe oh. a tune that's not as, you know, not as much in the consciousness of, of your fans, except for your hardcore fans, of course. But, uh, but that's specific to you and that you like to kind of jump into again. There are probably several. Um, I made a record called These Four Walls, an album called These Four Walls. Uh, came out after A Whole New You, so it was two records after a few smaller pairs. So, you know, and my audience had, you know, I, I wasn't selling as many records at that point because a lot of time had passed. I had a baby. and um, But many songs on the These Four Walls record you know, and none of which were, you know, hits or anything, uh, are, are tracks that I love to do. Uh, Venetian Blue is one of them. Uh, so Good to See You. Uh, These Four Walls, the title track. Uh, I'd actually recorded <laughs> a Bee Gees song for that record. I covered Words. That's the uh, last track on These Four Walls. Two, three... Go. Smile, an everlasting smile. A smile can bring you near to me. And don't ever let me find you gone. Cause that would have bring a tear.
This is John Floridas. You're listening to Musicians Spotlight, and I'm joined today by Sean Colvin, and she's speaking to us from Austin, Texas. I wanted to ask you if you ever have heard of any of your lyrics being misheard, <laughs> because this came up, I, I saw a thing, uh, I don't remember where it was, somewhere on the, on the internet, a listing of like the 25 top misheard lyrics ah. and 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 i actually spoke to someone this morning and she was saying that she had heard shotgun down the avalanche as shotgun down how'd she say it it was like it didn't really make sense for shotgun down the anvil niche or something and she <laughs> and she and she grew up in on the east coast and so she said well i don't really know mountains and uh maybe a niche i mean i know what a niche is but maybe a niche is like a canyon <laughs> and like trying to figure out <laughs> what it was which well, i thought was hilarious down the avalanche doesn't make much sense either so have at it <laughs> is what i say you know i had a there's a good one bruce hornsby told me about one of his songs and it was mandolin rain and mm-hmm. the line was we laughed and she smiled. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these people thought it was Afton. She smiled and they named their kid Afton. Oh, that's hilarious. That was the character. That's a cool name, Afton. Afton. I'll go with that. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So have you heard of anybody coming to you with stories like I just did? Oh, yeah, Sean, I, I always thought this was. No, I can't no. think of any. No, I can't think of an example of that. Uh, I'm sure it's happened, but you're you're the first person to to relay oh, a story like that to me yeah okay well how about ones that you yourself just for fun you know you like you you thought it was this like i'll share mine was when i was a little kid i thought the song was smoke marijuana oh good one <laughs> instead of smoke on the well, that water. makes a lot more sense than smoke on the water well yeah and, and i you know it's like 10 years old or something when that came out. And I was like, Oh my God, they can say that on the radio. I can't believe they can huh. say marijuana on the radio. I, uh, you know, I, I, I know of so many of these and I'm trying to think of, you know, and I've always tried to think of, I, I know I screwed up some, some lyrics, but I keep remembering my favorites from other people. Uh, I don't think any of mine were that outstanding. I, my friend Stokes thought Viva Las Vegas was people like bacon. <laughs> but my sister had the best one. She thought hold me closer tiny dancer was hold me close and tie me down sir. <laughs> Which is the best one I've ever heard for sure. Now that's very interesting on a couple levels a on its own but also that is another lyric that is commonly misheard and, and people think it is Tony Danza. Hold, yeah, Tony Danza. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, but no I think your sister's Got that one drunk. Timey dancer, that was pretty Yeah, good. that's pretty good. Sean, one of the other things I wanted to touch on was just, you know, I asked about your well-being and, and just how you're holding up just in general. And I know that you've always had some really cool outlets for trying to kind of get away from music a little bit. And I wanted to check in with you on those things. I mean, you're very physically active or have been in the past. And I always forget if it's marathons or triathlons or both. It's that you triathlons, really yeah. Oh, triathlons. Okay. I ran a couple of half marathons. I don't think I could do that now. But triathlons, like a training, I had one scheduled for last September, obviously. That didn't happen. But um, I'm training for one now in uh, 
end of May and and the one last September that didn't happen will happen then this September. So I'm working on that too. I like to sew uh, and yeah, those are kind of my hobbies and I miss connection with people. I think most of all, you know, uh, with all the mask wearing and the quarantining and the social distancing and uh and not being on tour i miss i think that's what i miss i miss connection with the audience i miss connection yeah. with my touring buddies so uh you know that's what i crave that i'm that i that i'm not getting enough of is connection um, or the kind of connection we're not getting right now. So I'm texting more. I'm on the phone more. I'm FaceTiming more. I'm Zooming more. Mm, you know. mm. I'm gonna die in these fools. I had enough and I tried it all. I watched the day break and I see the night fall. In these four Show me trouble, I'll take him down I drew a line on this patch of ground And everything's safe and everything's sound In these four walls In these four walls Up on a rooftop I can remember
SeanColvin.com is the name of Sean's website. And as I mentioned earlier, she's got all kinds of great stuff there, including, well, a lot of different things, the links to these live stream recordings, which are available on Bandcamp as well. And I mentioned the podcast and certainly just links to anything that's going on in Sean's world. Soon, hopefully, that will include live performances in front of three-dimensional human beings again sometime very soon. Yeah, so, let's hope uh, make, so. Yeah, absolutely. And we certainly hope that you get back to Montana sometime soon and uh, get to perform for us here in three dimensions. Thank you so much for making time to visit with us here again on Musician Spotlight. It's been great having you back on the show and getting a chance to talk shop with you again. Well, thank you. And I'll, I'll be back in Montana. You can count on it. I love it there. This is John Floridas. You've been listening to Musicians Spotlight. Our guest today has been Sean Colvin. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through the Montana Public Radio website, mtpr.org, as well as through our own website, musicianspotlight.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our program is available as a podcast from those websites, as well as through iTunes and Spotify. Musicians Spotlight is a production of Montana Public Radio.